Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to all the shit I've learned abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. <laughs> Steph and I have our cameras on today, and already it's like a giggle fest. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime, like, we just are th- those friends. If Thank God we never actually went to school together, because we would be the two probably sitting on opposite ends of the class, just making yeah. those stupid faces at each other and, like, getting in trouble for giggling. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and we look great can i just say we're both in our pajamas <laughs> again going back to that whole Beauties. why we don't do a video video podcast there's a reason mm. trust me <laughs> well yeah. i have some good news for you andrea this week yes well a bunch of good news we got some good podcast reviews lately i just want to say everyone listening you guys kick ass oh thanks guys we always honestly anytime we get a review even if it's good or bad we always still love getting them. We never get bad ones, but sometimes they're kind of funny. Um, bad ones make me laugh when it's like, she hates this tennis player. Like, yeah. Okay. Random. We got one recently that was like, our, they thought our content was great, but the levels were too low or something. Or the, the, no, no, the no. adverts. Our ads are too loud. The adverts are too loud, which unfortunately. We have no control over. I have no control over, but we got a great three star on that one. So appreciate it regardless. But You want to hear one? Yeah. Want to hear one of them? All right, so this one says, I wish I found this podcast sooner. Not only are their conversations and stories hilarious, but I've actually learned so much from all the episodes I've listened to. Favorite podcast so far, and it keeps me super entertained. From Nat in the U.S. Oh, thank you, Nat. That's lovely. I just love the reviews as well, where I feel like we've imparted wisdom on people, which I never thought I would be in a position (laughs) in my life where I would be. We never think we do. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good time. So, yeah, that's uh, amazing. Thank you so much. And, you know, we hope you keep listening and enjoy all of our content. Again, everything we talk about is just Steph and I shooting the shit for like an hour and, you know, whatever pops out. 
And now that and now that someone mentions us keeping them entertained, we're going to depress you by talking about post travel blues. Oh yeah. So we wanted to um yeah talk about what's known as the post. Well, we in the UK we say the post holiday blues. Canada and the US post vacation blues. Um, but basically it's. When you come back after traveling, which, you know, for those listening, those travelers, you've probably experienced this. And just having that little bout of depression, like you just spent however long doing cool (laughs) shit, feeling alive, doing the thing you love the most. And then you come back to your everyday mundane, regular life. (laughs) I was looking up, you know, different definitions and how people properly describe it. Yeah. And... I, I sent this link to Andrea on Wikipedia. If you, this is the worst Wikipedia page I've ever found because it literally <laughs> defines it as when you return from a trip and you realize your life is boring and not exciting. And like, and it was just the most honest explanation. It's like it defined it basically as the realization that your life actually sucks. Yeah. <laughs> which like, which I don't think is, is like totally accurate because like I realize like my everyday life is not mundane by any means. I don't think like I live abroad. Yeah. I'm always doing cool shit in London. But like, don't get me wrong. I still get the post-holiday blues when I come back from a really great vacation, just going back into the everyday life, which doesn't have to necessarily mean mundane. So I don't want anyone listening to this thinking, if you've ever experienced this before, that your life is mundane (laughs) in any way, because it might not be. Maybe it is. It's it's relative, right? The highs of travel, suddenly, when you have high highs, the normals feel like lows when they're not. That's what exactly. it is. It's, a, it's almost like yeah. a like a good, you know, like a come down. You know, you've just had just what a Andrea. Great, <laughs> yeah, like your dopamine has been just good recovery. Depleted. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we thought this would be good to talk about this again as we start getting back out there traveling and then here's here's there's there's coping mechanisms, I think. And I don't know. Maybe let's talk about the first time. I remember actually the first time I ever had like really bad vacation blues mm-hmm. when yeah. you and I got came back from London and Dublin in 2010, our infamous yes. trip there where we got stuck abroad for like an extra week because of the volcano in Iceland. But I remember coming back from that trip because we had such a good time. Best time. It, it was like the best time, so many highs. Like we were just like dopamine levels were like shooting out of our eyes like lasers. It was yeah. like. <laughs> and we were just... stars. We were stars because we were the people who were stranded. Yeah. So everyone, yeah, everyone wanted to take care of us and talk to us and interview us. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. we got home. Then I got home and like I just remember feeling like a pile of dog shit for probably, it went on for like two weeks after that. Yeah. I felt just like so depressed. I had no energy at all. I remember like going straight back into work, just feeling like I hated my life. And at that point in my life, I do feel like I was living quite a mundane everyday life. Well, yeah. And I think you and I, part of the reason we went on that trip so spontaneously is because our work had become, we were in a rut, like in even though we were living yeah. in different cities, doing different things, we were both in a rut. So yeah, it's like we went back to that rut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I actually learned a lot from that that specific uh, post-holiday blues time I was going through in terms of like 
maybe some things I can do to avoid it because it was one of those. I'm like, I don't want to feel this shitty ever again when I come back from vacation. And there was, yeah. And there's a lot of them that, you know, we're going to kind of talk about our tips and tricks and how to, you know, you're probably, you're still going to experience it, but I think there's things you can do to try to like mitigate it a bit or try to like manage it a bit better (laughs) when you do get back. When you and I, it's funny because when we returned, I think we decided within a week or two weeks that we were going to move to London. Yeah. And then we started working towards it. And when I was, again, when I was researching for this episode, I was reading about, you know, really the official symptoms of kind of post-travel blues, depression, whatever you call it. And one of them was, one of the symptoms is spending a lot of time thinking about how to move abroad immediately instead of focusing on your life in the present. And I was like, did we move because we were depressed? (laughs) Wait, is that actually a symptom? Yeah, because it's so funny that you say that because I have met so many people. I like I'll give a good example. I remember going on my trip to Costa Rica a few yeah. years ago, and this is when I went with like a group. And there was these two boys. I sh- I say boys, they were men, but they were younger than me, so they were like two boys. And this was they were from Canada as well, and it was their first time ever on a trip. Like it was mm-hmm. their first. And they went to Costa Rica, and they were like by the end of the ten days that we were there, I remember they were like. We are going to move here. We are going to look at ways that we can like up and leave. And they were so serious about it. And they're like, we could come out here and work as like carpenters and da, 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 da. And in my head, I'm like, oh, honey, you're not moving here. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's not going to happen. And sure enough, they didn't. Like, I have them on Facebook and they still live in in Canada. But but we actually did it. And I, yeah, now that you're saying this, I've never thought of this. Like, did we do it? Because am I still here 11 years later? I we were inspired. I thought we were inspired, but apparently we were depressed. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm still here, though. Like, am I still depressed and I'm just avoiding my mundane life 11 years <laughs> later? Back Maybe. in Canada? I don't know. You I mean, didn't know we... this was going to be therapy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so that's an actual thing, though? It's, it says that's a symptom that yeah. you're looking at. If you've gone somewhere that you love so much. But I think the defining, so the defining difference is probably, are you, do you actually do it or is it just a fixation? We did God. it. I mean, clearly, I'm. we're very impulsive. That's a bit I, scary. That is a defining factor of my life. Like, well, I don't think you could find one person. Well, and I got to say, it worked. I mean, I, I, my day-to-day here, I have to say, in the last 11 years, has I, I'm much happier yeah. with my everyday life here and how things sort of played out for me in the last 11. So it worked out for me. I guess it's, you know, if, if I did act on it impulsively great it it worked but but maybe we can talk about some of the things that aren't as life-changing that you can you know practice day to day in like when you do return or leading up to like when you're gonna and this can I guess is is relevant for even like it can be like long-term trips so obviously Steph has done yeah a lot more of those very long-term trips where you've been away for like six months or these can still be like you know if you go away for two weeks like you yeah. can, two weeks can sometimes feel like two months. I think when you're Absolutely. when you're traveling and when you and when you're doing lots and so I think they're all they're all kind of relevant. So th- the first one I wanted to talk about, and this t- I think ties in, you know, with the episode we did um, last with Fran about yeah. you know being healthy, just taking care of yourself and eating healthily while while you are away. If you are going to go away for a couple weeks, I think you guys talked about it in that episode. Yeah. Like you just a little bit, but don't make it your everyday norm. Yeah. 
I mean, I always find it catches up with you when you are just eating shit. Also, you can claim sleeping like shit, drinking a lot, you know, just not taking care of yourself for a week or two. You can feel... Because when you're in your 20s or even Mm -hmm. as far early 30s, like that's what you want to (laughs) do. Yeah. You want to go and eat all the things and drink all the things and party and... Get up what early I to find, sightseeing. I find now that, like, as I get older, I just feel the effects on me so much more, like, weeks later. Like, if mm. I, you know, over lockdown, I could really tell if there was, like, a week or two where I was eating like shit, drinking a lot. I felt that for the next, like, three, four weeks in my body. Yeah. You know? And so, it's just, a, you know, it's easier said than done, of course. But, like, obviously. Always, yeah. Just when you get back then, you're just going to feel a bit better. So maybe it is like you indulge a bit, say for the first week, and then maybe three or four days before you're going to head home, you ease up a bit. Here's the problem I have is when I go, because I go away for quite a bit longer usually. Mm. So I do fewer trips usually, but for a lot longer. When I come home, it's like I haven't had my favorite restaurants for six months or a year. So it's like I want to go to Swiss Chalet the first day I'm home, and then I want to go here and there. Like hit all my favorite places yeah yeah and suddenly it's been like a week 10 days of eating out every day my favorite things which are obviously the worst things well and it's easy as you said to get into that that something i i started doing is if i know i'm gonna be away yeah for a couple weeks i'll try to you know pre-cook a bunch of stuff freeze it like have it in the freezer or just have stuff you know, non-perishable food items that are that are healthy, that are there that I can like cook yeah. when I get home. So I get because I know I'm the same. If I'm, if I've, you know, I can get in that rut of like, oh, I'll just get takeout. You know, you get home from a from your vacation or your travels, the last thing you want to do is cook, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I'll just order takeout, and then that turns into day two and so on and so forth. And if you feel like shit and if you're eating like shit, it just kind of continues. So, you know, I, I get what you're saying. You want you want yeah. those home comforts, <laughs> but it's like you just got to suck it up. My problem is in life, not just with this, with everything, is I'm not disciplined. Mm. I need to go to, like, a retreat on how to be more disciplined so I can do better at these things you're about to tell me to do. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> – I'm the same, but it's it's once you – like, the other one I, I, I that came to mind. So, yeah, that, I was going to mention, like, just having, fra- like, good food – at home once you get home that you can get back on that like healthy cycle and then things like just having a clean home like I always like to do before I go away yes that's huge for me yes having like a clean space so I like deep clean everything I always have a fresh pair of sheets on my bed for when I get home there's nothing better than coming back agree like after you've you know been especially flying if you're jet lagged that's another thing we can talk about but getting into bed and having fresh sheets for me kicking off coming home right means that I left the house spotless so when I come home it's like there's nothing I have to do I can walk in and just be like ah that's it Um, because it's it's almost like it's so stressful I think traveling especially if we're talking about long you know long-haul flights for example you want to get home and all you want to do is just chill like you do want to chill and I am one of those people. I will unpack. That is one of the first things I do because it makes me feel better. Because I actually find my post-holiday blues are worse if I'm waking up every day and I'm looking over and I see a suitcase or a bag full of my clothes that it yeah. just, A, reminds me of the vacation I'm no longer on. And B, it's just me procrastinating and looking at work I have to do and I don't want to do it. And it's yeah. 
the more days that go by, the less likely I am. So like, I'm one of those people, as soon as I get home, grant, you know, with, if there's time, obviously to do laundry, but I'll at least try to like pull out all the dirty stuff, like put it in the wash. Yeah. And I feel so much better. I think it's almost like what I'm saying is I try to get back into a routine as quickly as possible. Yeah. To kind of have some control over, you know, your day to day and like avoiding that post vacation blues. That helps me anyways. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I think that's smart. I'm really bad at that personally. Mm. Like and I used to because I used to go away on so many weekend trips too in between that like I would kind of leave my bag there and just deal with it for the next trip and then deal with it. Like I lived in this perpetual state of having a backpack full of stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess you could just, Mm. uh, yeah, if you just have, like, your travel bag and your travel clothes, like, yeah, shove it in a closet, maybe. Like, there are times where I am, like, out of sight, out of mind, you know, and maybe it'll take me a couple days to get to the laundry, but, like, I'll move the bag. Like, it's almost just seeing it, though. Seeing it reminds me. I'm like, I'm not there anymore and I'm back at home and oh look at my really cute bikini that I wore as if I wore a bikini (laughs) but (laughs) or like look at that really cute dress that I wore that night for dinner like it's just too many memories Mm -hmm. so I don't know that's me I like to be just having some type of organization when I am home helps me get through it and then jet lag I mean let's talk about jet lag Oh, jet lag is awful. And that is one mm. of the things that contributes. Do everything you possibly can to nip jet lag in the bud if you can for when you come home. Yeah. I do my best for when I fly home to get on flights that I know are going to, even if I have to pay a little bit more, like I'll try to avoid the red eye flights where I know I don't sleep. Yes. I used to do those and I look back, I'm like, how did I function? Well, I always find like coming back. So if I go home to Canada, I used to try and get the early morning flights home from Canada at like the 8 a.m. flights. And then I would Mm -hmm. be back in London by like 8 p.m. I could go straight to bed. I didn't really get jet lag. But now those flights are far and few between. They're more expensive. So I am usually stuck with the red eye flights now, which are the common ones going back to London. And I get back to London at like 9 a.m. And I always find the jet lag so much harder coming back here. And... If I screw that up the first day, then yeah. my jet lag is there for like two weeks and I'm like miserable because I'm not sleeping properly. Then I eat like shit. Then I'm not getting yeah, organized. It's all a snowball effect. It's just, exactly. And then I just feel like I'm depressed and I've got I'm like, oh, I wish I was still home in Canada, which when actually I'm just overly tired and I'm jet lagged yeah. and you're exhausted. So, I mean, what are some of your best jet lag tips and tricks? <sighs> oh, geez. So definitely being strategic about which flights you book which you just said i honestly used to purposely book red eye flights when i was traveling like so dirt cheap you sleep though on planes not anymore i used to like they kick my butt now but the things i did because i was always trying to maximize the time i took off too right like Mm. so i would actually take red eye flights land at 6 a.m and then drive straight to work Um, oh my god God, yeah. I just like exhausted I was, thinking about the that. The things I did to maximize my three weeks vacation in Canada was crazy. Yeah. I usually just give in to whatever my body's telling me to do. Yeah. But it's funny because when I landed at your place in March 2020, I landed obviously 32 hours in transit from Australia to London. And I got there at what, 6, 7, 8? I touched down at 6 a.m., got to your place around... Rang my doorbell at like 8 a.m. You were downstairs in a taxi. And I wanted to nap. And you were like, nope, we're going out. (laughs) And you made us go on a pub crawl. (laughs) You're like, 
at 10 a.m. Yeah, but it I did the a- trick. It kept it me worked. up all day, and then I went to bed at 8 p.m. And you were fine. And Like, you literally let me. I'm like, can I go to sleep now? And yeah. you're like, it is an appropriate time. You may now sleep. <laughs> Probably because I was tired by then, too. But it got me back on track for the next day, so it was perfect. Especially coming from Australia. Like, it is hard. Jet lag is legit. Yeah. Like, yeah. you need to have strategies to sleep on the flight to both listen to your body and when it wants to sleep and to try to start mm. adjusting before. I think that's the trick with Australia. You yeah. have to try to adjust before you land. And that's the reason the airlines do the things they do. Like as soon mm. as you get on that plane and it takes off, they act like you're in whatever time zone where you're going. So they'll turn the lights off. They'll do all those things based on the time zone of where you're going. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Well, I think that ties into just a lot of things like adjusting a few days before you're actually going to go back, whether it's your sleep pattern, your eating patterns, like where you just feel a little bit better when you do get back and mm-hmm. landing at 8am, I think is like the worst time you can land somewhere because that's the really tough one where you're like, I have to try and stay awake until, yeah. you know, a reasonable time. But sometimes like when I came back from Canada in August, I yeah got back at like 10am and I tried, I was on the couch trying to keep my eyes open and they were just like heavy. And at mm. that point I had to listen to my body. I'm like, my body is telling me to sleep for a bit. So I just had like an hour nap, which yeah was okay. And then, you know, I did get some jet lag for the next few days, but yeah, it's, I think it just helps, but we could do a whole episode on, have we done an episode <laughs> on jet lag? I'm not even sure. I don't think so. I think we've talked about it, but we've never done it. Well, maybe. I don't know if it warrants an entire episode. But you mentioned, this is a, this is, uh, this makes me laugh because I do remember you doing this when we were younger. Yeah, landing at like 6 a.m. and then going straight into work. Now, I cannot do that. One of the things I try to do is I like to book a day or two off after I get back. So I just have a couple days of like chill time at home. Where I can do the things like unpack, get organized, just because going straight back into work, and I used to do that as well, not to the level you did, but I'd like land late at night the night before. Mm -hmm. So I'd get back at like 10, 11, and then I'm going straight back into work the next day. Oh my God. And we did that when we got back from London and Dublin. That is when I feel the most depressed, sitting straight back in a desk. Like, I mean, I have a desk job and going through like millions of emails and having like, it's just, I need the transition time. And I find Mm -hmm. now with like, even a day after, like I've got a full day, that transition time is enough for me to feel just a little bit more calm and like grounded. Yeah. Grounded and not as depressed going back into work, which uh, I totally completely agree. I'm just thinking back to when we were, you know, in our early twenties living in Canada, because in Australia you have like four or five weeks vacation. Yeah. In the UK, you have five or six, more if you're lucky. And then in Canada and the US, you get like two, yes, three I if get you're it. really lucky, um, which made it so hard if you want, if you're someone who loves traveling, because instead yeah. you're like, you know, booking days around long weekends and yeah, trying to maximize I, those days. Yeah. But that extra day, I agree, makes a world of difference. Something else I, when we were talking about work, this is something I do. And I know some people would be like, hell no, I'm not doing that. But I, so for me, I get, you know, I do get thousands of emails while I'm gone. Maybe not thousands, maybe hundreds. I used to, <laughs> my old company, I would come back to thousands and most of them were not even that important. Like they, yeah. Yeah. They were just automated, whatever. But you come back hundreds of emails. Now I find what I like to do personally is on one of those days off, 
even though it's my day off, or say it's a Sunday, say I've come back on a weekend, I like to just spend that night just chilling on the couch, like, you know, being comfy, whatever. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I personally like to go through those emails and have them organized before I actually go back into work the next day. Yeah. Because I, then I find when I'm back into work, I find sitting there going through hundreds and hundreds of emails. On top of that, people messaging you, are you back? Do you have time for a meeting? Do you have, like, I've sometimes come back from vacations where I'm straight into meetings back to back to back. Yeah. Which is stressful. So I find for me, getting my inbox completely sorted helps get back into like again that calmness grounded going back into work and not having me you know sitting there thinking like I fucking hate my job I hate my mundane life I wish I was still on my vacation <laughs> like you know what I mean again it's that yeah. like, snowball effect of just feeling like overwhelmed and shit that's something I do and I know some people are like I do not open my email until 9 a.m on yeah. the day of when I'm back but and teach their for, own but for me yeah. it's too overwhelming <laughs> well and it's interesting when we were talking about this one and listening to you now it's like I sort of have an opposite problem where because I do the really longer trips usually when I get back I don't have a job yeah so I'm coming back from being go 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 to nothing Right. So it's like, sure, you spend a few days normally when you get back from these long trips catching up with people. It's great. You haven't seen them in a while. And then day like four or five, mm. it's just, it's nothing. You wake up, nothing to do, nowhere to be, no one expecting you anywhere. Like that's what hits me the hardest, I think. Is, so it's almost the opposite. It's total it's opposite. Like, yeah. It's like a lack of purpose. The, and mm. this is what always hits me really hard every time when I think of post-travel blues. I think of like coming back to nothing. Okay. Yeah. Whereas so I think I, of like, oh, I have to come back to everything. I have to yeah. come back and I have like these three meetings and then I've got to like do this. Like I've got, I don't know, chores. I got to take the cats to the vet. Like, I don't know. I just come back to like <laughs> all the responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's where when I would get back and people are asking you questions right away. They're like, oh, well, are, what are you going to do for work now? What are you mm. going to do here? What are you blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
I, I don't know. You're still processing such a long trip ending. Mm-hmm. And then people want to know what you're doing next. And you're like, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. And you're making it worse. Yeah. Cause <laughs> um, you keep talking, you keep making me feel like I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And I like the way I would cope with that is I've had it to different degrees for different trips. And like when I came back from my around the world trip, that was the hardest and I, there was times where I would like drive to the airport and literally just watch the planes and wish I was on one of them. God, that is <laughs> like, actually, it made me feel so good at the time, but it's depressing now I to could say just it out loud. Picture you laying on your Chrysler LeBaron, which I know you don't have that anymore, but I always associate a convertible Chrysler LeBaron with stuff because that's what she drove <laughs> back in the day. But just laying on the hood, staring up at the planes with like some really sad song playing in the background and like a single (laughs) tear like coming down your cheek (laughs) i will say if like obviously i don't get out and lay on my car like a movie i would like sit in my car more depressed like listening to like i remember may we all by florida georgia line was out when i came back one time and that would like i would sit in my car and have tears but don't you find (laughs) things like that prolong your post holiday blues like for me i am like i if i'm sad or if i'm feeling like i cannot listen to sad music i sometimes just i'm like no i don't want to look at yeah like play like anything associated with i try to just like i don't know i'm like move on (laughs) like get back into it i think the problem was is those long trips you're used to moving every four or five days or so like you're on a train or you're on a plane or you're going from one town to the next and then when you come back and you're just constantly being still, right? it was like I had to even get in my car to go for a drive to feel like I was moving to mm. at least because that movement at least would pick me up a bit versus yeah. just like sitting at home because well, what happens is-, is at like 11 p.m. at night, everyone else is asleep and that's when it would hit the hardest too. Right. And I'd be like, no one's up because when you're traveling and you're in a hostel or you're what if you're on a group tour, there's always someone up. Like, yeah, there's always, can, there's always someone you can on. talk to too. Yeah. Mm. Um, so uh, like that is, you know, I feel like I sound like a really depressing person right now and I swear I'm not, but, um, <laughs> but that really helped me was just like getting in my car and going somewhere. And obviously with that over time, I learned that I needed to pre-plan how I was going to stay busy. Yeah. Whether it was even volunteering for stuff where people expected me to be somewhere, mm-hmm. um, whether it was, you know, planning weekends away, even if it was like super budget or camping yeah. or something like just having things that forced me. And this is kind of any depression, right? Like when you allow yourself to start falling into it, you go out less, you start doing less. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to pre-plan being busy to keep myself out of that funk. Well, I, I think that's a good point. Just having, even just planning something for when you're back to look forward to. Even if it's yeah. something really small, like, like you know, going to, uh, buying tickets to something. Like, whether it's a concert, or maybe it is a day trip, like a little staycation. Like, just get it, you're going to get back, and yeah, your vacation's over, your travels are over, and you're in a bit of a slump. But then you're like, oh, actually, though, next Saturday, I got tickets to go to this thing, and just having something to look forward to even on like yeah. if it's really small um i try to do that as well and again yeah it's yeah. just like or just making plans with friends like hey should we go for a walk in a really nice park on sunday 
and I think that helps a huge amount. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And well, and I think part of the problem for those long trips was when I came back to Brantford was none of my friends lived in Brantford anymore. Like, yeah. Everyone, the closest people were over an hour away. So even finding things to like make an appointment to give blood or do Spa. things that are good for other people. <laughs> that <laughs> too. But I'm trying to think because when I came home, you know, a lot of these ideas are amazing. But when I was coming home from these trips, it wasn't because I wanted to come home. It was because I ran out of money. And you I didn't was, have money. Like, yeah. I didn't have money to like fill a tank of gas. Yeah. <laughs> like I was so poor. Um. So, and that's when you have to get really creative and innovative in, um, you know, what you can do. So I remember I would donate blood. I would, what else? Like volunteering at the food bank. Cause I'm really bad at ongoing commitment. Like yeah. I can't volunteer for things where it's like, okay, you'll be there every Tuesday. And th- like, I'm just not good at it. So those one-off kind of volunteering opportunities I would do. Yeah. No, those are like, it's just anything they do say volunteer work actually makes you feel really good when you're helping others you're giving giving to others yeah I'm all for that and if yeah you can't I mean I like to book a spa day but if you can't do an at-home spa (laughs) buy yourself a nice little face mask have a bubble bath I don't know anything that's gonna make you feel just like a little pick-me-up because once you get that single pick-me-up again snowball effect in the opposite direction though yeah Yeah. (laughs) is that a thing yeah I don't know honestly one thing that helps to do is when I get home is like making an effort because when we're traveling we've talked about it tons of times so like by the end of a trip we're like bag ladies like oh my god yeah we've got like layers we look haggard our hair's thrown up in a bum like we're like I'm not attractive at the end a, of a trip a bit like we look now <laughs> right this moment <laughs> um so Actually, like, not just having those things, volunteering or whatever it is that's forcing me up and out, but really making an effort, like doing my hair, doing my makeup, yeah. doing, like just feeling put together. Because it's mm-hmm. that whole, you know, when you are feeling down and you start to feel schlumpy, the schlumpy, schluffy, what? I think schlumpy. I would say schlumpy. schlumpy. Yeah. Is that a word? Um, you know, the physical affects the mental and vice versa. So when I find... And this isn't just post-travel blues. This is any time I start to feel blah, like lockdown blues. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I make my mental struggling a little, so I pay more attention to the physical to try to bring out, all right, I'm yeah. feeling good about myself. I'm walking a little taller. I'm feeling better. So that always helps when I get back, making an I, effort. <laughs> yeah. It's, again, sometimes if you're feeling a bit jet-lagged, it's easy to just lay in bed and you don't want to shower. You don't want to, like... <laughs> wash your hair but it's like hey it's gonna make you feel better trust me like it's the small steps that are gonna get you out of this post-holiday people are gonna be listening and they're gonna be like i wasn't expecting to listen to this and just being told basic hygiene yeah (laughs) exactly um now moving from you know hygiene and um, yeah getting ourselves out of bed um i think something that can help and maybe this is you know you ease into this a bit more maybe say after a couple weeks you're still feeling a little bit blue because you're not because you're back at home in your mundane life (laughs) something something you can do to sort of relive your experience now that Mm. could be whether it's like cooking if you've gone somewhere and you want to learn the language also, like, I, I've i never been into scrapbooking, but I know a lot of people that love, they, like, get all their photos, and they're like, I'm going to make a scrapbook. Um, I used to blog. I don't blog anymore, but I used to have a blog where I would write about my travels yeah. of everywhere I went. But something where, like that allows you to kind of, like, relive your, yes. your vacation or your travels and just, like, feel like you've brought a bit of it 
home with you, I find is really helpful. And like how murderers return to the scene of the crime to relive it. Yeah. Oh God. It's the same, right? Steph really needs to be a guest on a true crime podcast. So anybody listening, (laughs) if you've gotten in, please let her because we just can't have this on the podcast anymore. (laughs) Steph, this is not the right forum. Know your audience, okay? But I'm just saying there's a (laughs) universal theme, whether it's travel or what else it might be, of enjoyment from reliving experiences. Yes. So fine. We can use serial killers as an example, but absolutely. I find Steph and I doing this podcast. It yeah, always helps. You honestly. know, when we come back from somewhere, we're feeling a little bit schlumpy or <laughs> depressed. Just doing this and talking about travel, even. It doesn't even have to be specifics of where we went or what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, food is always a good one. Like, you know, I've done a few cooking classes in some of the places I've been. I'm like, oh, maybe cooking I can. classes are the best. Yeah. And you come back, you're like, I can make that curry at home. Like, oh, it was so good. I- I've tried to pick up languages. I've-, I've done this a few times where I'm like, I've gone to Spain and I'm like, I really want to learn Spanish. And so for yeah. the next two weeks, I'll, you know, I've used like some of the apps like Duolingo. Yeah, Duolingo. Yeah. <laughs> I give up. I give up after a couple of weeks, but still I'm like at the, mo- it in the moment. It helps in the interim. It helps because it keeps you busy. Again, you're sort of reliving a bit of your your travels. It's something productive, right? And that's some, for someone like me, I always feel like I need to be learning new things. Mm-hmm. And when you're in this state of like nothingness, because when you're traveling, you kind of are learning new things. You're learning history, you're learning culture, you're learning foods, different experiences. So yeah, you need to really make that effort to keep that feeling up once you're back. Yeah. Do you ever do... Yeah. Have you ever done like scrapbooking or anything? I tried to scrapbook once and I think I did three beautiful pages Yeah, and it's in a box somewhere at my parents' house. <laughs> I keep saying like from all the, the travels we've done together, I keep saying that one day I really want to make like a photo album book mm-hmm. for, for you and me. I'll make like two. I've just, but, yeah. and I've been saying this for years and I haven't done it and I feel like this will be my next project. Yeah, would, I mean, I would, but I just never do. It's one of those things where I'm like, I should do it because it's a really good. Like, even you can find those like online photo books now where you upload. Oh my your gosh, photos my mother can... is obsessed with these yeah. to the point to the point we've had to tell her to stop talking about <laughs> photo books. <laughs> are they done. just like are they just like piled up at your parents' no. house? Uh, well, and to be fair, they were in lockdown. Like, they were a good yeah. project for her, but it's like every time. This photo book, photo book, photo book. It's like, okay. Okay, so what you're telling me is you don't want me to make you a photo book. <laughs> make me one photo book. <laughs> well, that was then, oh, that's what I'm saying. I was going to yeah, yeah, one yeah. of all the places we've gone. But then down well, the line, we might need to make a second one. And one amazing project, I will tell everyone. So obviously, I was just traveling around Australia for five months. So when I got back from that, same thing. It's like... You get back, focus was on like finding somewhere to live and Mm -hmm. things like that. But once I had that, my favorite project was actually challenged by you was for Christmas. Andrea and I have decided to paint portraits of each other. Oh, yes. I spent so much time on yours. I was so drunk when I thought of that idea. I remember voice noting you and then I forgot about it. And you were like, I'm, I'm doing your portrait this way. I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? And then I was like, oh shit, this is my idea. (laughs) But it's still a great I, idea, though. I spent so much time painting your portrait. I got a photo of you and, like, had it basically, like, pinned up. And used, I used, like, 30 colors of paint. Like, I was so particular. Just I'm so excited for you to see it. 
Oh my god. So it was a great project. I spent so much time. Maybe it is like painting, I don't know, find one of the photos you've taken of, you know, some beautiful scenic, picturesque spot on your travels and maybe paint it. I don't know. Take up a hobby. Like do something where you can Oh, you know what's really good? And this really helped me when I moved to Australia too, is Mm. so many, now I don't know about smaller towns, but if you're in a city like Melbourne, London, there's so many organizations that run workshops every week, whether it's a like flower arrangement, all these things you wouldn't normally do, flower arrangement Mm. workshops, um, painting workshops. And they're usually about $25, maybe $30 a workshop. So like pretty reasonably priced. Those helped me stay busy, stay out, stimulating your mind, doing something creative. Yeah. Those things really helped me. Having something to look forward to. This ties into booking it in advance for when you get back. It kind of incorporates everything. So yeah. yeah. I think doing anything creative and whether you're in a post holiday blues slump or not doing anything Mm -hmm. creative really helps like stimulate your mind you feel like you're doing something like you're creating something now here's a good question for you about post travel Mm -hmm. blues and I'm not sure even how I feel about this but Mm -hmm. do you think knowing that you're likely going to experience the post travel blues do you think knowing that actually helps once it hits? Uh, yeah, because I think recognizing it. Because I, when we came back, again, when I first really experienced it, I didn't mm-hmm. know it was from the post-holiday. Like, I think I did, but I just was like, oh, I'm a depressed mess. Whereas now I'm like, <laughs> I'll be fine in a few weeks. I'm just experiencing okay. the, hol- like, the vacation come down. Yeah, because I always find in the midst of it, when I'm feeling it, I'm like, I know what it is. I can identify this, but I'm still feeling it. <laughs> but you still feel it. But then do you do things to try, like, are you just in a, a slump where you're like, it's hard to even make the first yeah, attempt? Yeah, like, to... I suppose I will do things um, purposely now to help. So it does help to know. Yeah, I think I think having those things. Good like, days and bad days. Yeah, and like we talked about, anything that you can plan ahead Again, just the little things like having a clean flat, having fresh food in the house, like just those little things will, I think, maybe help a bit to not get you into like, you know, the deep, deep slump. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think too for our listeners who maybe, you know, they don't have their own place. Like they're going back to their parents' place to try to find somewhere. Mm. Like when those things are out of your control too. Same thing. Yeah. Getting up and out. Well, it's easier. If you're living with your parents, be like, Mom, Dad, I want a bowl of fresh fruit on the table when I get home. Avocados, I want. That's how parents work. Parents will do that shit for you. Like, I come home. I don't have anyone living here, so I got to do that all that myself. But, I mean, utilize your parents if you can. <laughs> or your partner if you live with someone at home. Be like, guys, I would like a fresh cooked meal as soon as I get home. And fresh sheets on the bed, but. But yeah, I, I think what you're saying is just anything you can do ahead of time to yeah. mitigate it a little bit instead of yeah. getting there and you're like, oh, I'm so depressed. And then it's so much harder to get out of a deep, uh, like a deep slump. And as you yeah. said, once that snowball effect starts, it's like, oh, yeah. so much harder. Well, to and one strategy out. I find really works good for me actually is I give myself a deadline. So mm. this isn't just for post-travel blues. It's Pretty much any time I get really wet. <laughs> but um, yeah. I say, okay, I'm going to allow myself to feel shitty maybe all day. But when I wake up tomorrow, I got to suck it up. 
Like I, so mm-hmm. I give myself a deadline and there's something about that mental approach for me where it works. Cause I wake up and I'm yep. like, Oh shit, I'm not allowed to feel that way anymore. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever tried that. I don't know how well that would work for me. Like knowing me, I'd be like, Oh, but I still feel sad. And I would ignore it. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I wake up and I feel like previous me would be disappointed in today me if I don't suck it up. <laughs> Maybe I just don't. Yeah. I, I, I do find now when I come back, I, I I rarely get into as bad of like post-holiday blues as I used to because I do all the things now to yeah. over like, I'm like, I don't want to feel like shit. So I'm going to, you know, do all the things we talked about and they, and they work for me and I don't find mm. I get into like too bad of a slump. Good. So Well, think- and the one thing I think you do really good that we haven't talked well we did talk about obviously health mm. and moving but you always book sessions with your personal trainer yeah well i haven't seen her in a long time now but yeah oh. or like i'll go to the gym or i'll you know i i yeah. get back into a routine of exercise because that help. i mean it helps even if it's like a long walk or just doing something that's phys- like physically active as soon as you get back see for me having a personal trainer appointment would work because there's someone expecting me to show yeah. up but going to the gym or saying I'm going to do that, when I get into a shop, oh. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. So I don't. And there's and there's no one who cares if I do or don't. So someone's holding you accountable and you've paid yeah. them. That's the other. I mean, that's something you could actually book in advance. That's another really good thing. You book yeah. them, you pay them. Like here, a personal trainer is about 40 pounds for the hour. Pay them in advance. Yeah. And then if you don't go, you know, that's money you've lost yeah. out on. But yeah, having someone that's just going to take you through like a workout. And I'm sure you yeah. can like book personal trainers kind of as a one-off if you wanted to. Oh, I'm sure you can. Or yeah. you could do like book a class. Like that's another you could do a group class, like a spin class, like boot camp I'll in a park. I'll even bail on classes. Oh, really? Like I'm so bad. I need that one-on-one accountability. Oh, I wish I lived in the same I, city as you cuz I, I could be your so, PT. I'm so dependent like, I live on a whim. It's the same thing with work. Like, when I have deadlines, I am a boss. Like, I do so good. Right. But if it's kind of ebbs and flows and it's quiet, I never am like, oh, I'll do all this proactive work for my deadline six weeks from now. No. Oh, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. You work um, better under pressure. And if a PT exactly. is messaging you being like, get your ass into the gym now, bitch. You're like, okay, okay. I'll go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll do that. I'll pretend to be your PT and I'll call you in the middle okay. of the night and say, get your, you get your ass Wake into up. the gym. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just get these ominous nighttime calls that are like, go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe it'll work. Oh, who knows? Um, Perfect. But yeah, I think it's ultimately, guys, everything we talked about, it's putting them into practice. And, you know, let us know as well, what are some of your best tips and tricks to avoid the post-holiday blues? And if you've ever tried any of these, how did they work? I want to know. They work for me. How do they work for everyone else? If he really loves me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I agree. Because we are always learning. So hit us up with your tips and tricks. Because we may just have something up our sleeves for when travel opens up again. So we might we might need some more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks as always for listening. See you next time. All the shit I've learned abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. 
Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit Have Learned Abroad Pod. Donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.